Hey, welcome to Reckless. We're glad you guys are here. Uh, Merry Christmas on behalf of me and my family, whatever that means. Uh, Merry Christmas. Hope you guys are doing well. Can you believe it's thir- we got 13 days until Christmas is here? So if you have, um, some of you guys are a little excited, a little too excited. So if you guys have not done your Christmas shopping yet, you better get on that. Um, and so I hope you guys are, are ready for, for all of that. So we're glad you guys are here tonight. Um, we are tonight, we're in the middle of a series that we've been in called The Outsiders. And uh, this is what we've been doing for the last, last few weeks. And, um, and so really in a nutshell, in case you guys, I know there's, there's some new faces here tonight, some that hadn't been here in a couple weeks, so we're glad you guys are back with us. Um, and uh, just to kind of make sure that all of us are caught up so we know what we've covered and what we're doing in this series. This whole series really is about understanding what God has done for us. And how that impacts relationships uh, that we're in with people. So last week, if, or two weeks ago, our first week that we were here, we talked about how all of us were outsiders in our faith. Right? We were all outsiders from God. We were rejected. We were despised. We were those people that were outside of the family of God. Because of our sins separated us from God, we were considered outsiders. And that the amazing thing is through the cross, God has brought all of us into relationship with him, and we are now a part of the family of God. And so if you missed it, the, the main point or the, the kind of the summary or whatever that we talked about that first week was this. As a result of Jesus being despised and rejected, we are now loved and accepted. So Jesus entered into our world. He became, he was Emmanuel, God with us. He came into our world. He became an outsider so that you and I could become insiders. Then if you were here last week, we talked about how that impacts our relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ. How does that impact us in terms of this room with those other people that claim to love Jesus, that claim to be followers of of Christ? And we are not to have walls of division and, and all of these things that a lot of times divide us and create animosity or conflict or whatever. But because of what Christ has done, because all of us stand as insiders into the family of God, God has now taken all of those walls of division and he has torn them down. And you and I, as brothers and sisters in Christ, now stand unified together. There's no division, there's no animosity, there's no hatred. All of that stuff has been ripped away. That stuff has no part of the family of God. And we are now unified by Christ and in Christ. So that's what we talked about the first couple weeks. Now tonight we're going to pick up from there and we're going to talk about something that just like last week, we have to get right. All right, we cannot mess this up. We cannot screw this up. We talked last week about how if we really mess up relationships with each other and we are not unified in Christ, then we can never be the the kind of high school ministry that, that God desires for us to be. And I think what we're going to talk about tonight, the same is true. We cannot screw this up. We cannot fall short. We've got to make sure that we're focused in terms of what God has called us to in relationships going forward. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3. So if you guys have your Bibles tonight, go ahead and look at Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to start in verse 6. All right? If you don't have it, we got it on the screen we bailed you out. If you, let me mention, if you don't have a Bible, if you don't own one or it's in some version you can't read, it feels like a foreign language, we've got uh, Bibles that we will give to you out at the Next Steps table. So please stop by there on your way out if you don't have one, and we've got those for free so that you've got one. 
So Ephesians chapter three, starting in verse six, and here's what Paul says. He says, this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. All right, now let's stop right there. That's what we talked about last week, all right? So Paul's just reiterating in, in these couple of verses what we talked about last week, that there are no more walls inside the family of God, that all of us who trusted Christ are unified in Christ. We are one body, and all of us have equal access to God. All of us equally share in the blessings of God, and that we should love each other in a way that's free of hostility and division. All right, so that's just to kind of reiterate what we talked about last week. Now, here's the question I want to pose to us as we, as we dive into what we're going to talk about tonight. We talked last week about our relationships with, with those in the family of God, those other insiders in the faith. But how does our relationship with God, how does the fact that we are now insiders impact our relationship with those who are outsiders? How does this now impact our relationship with those who are, who are not in the family of God? Those who have not given their hearts to Jesus. Those who we would consider are far from God, who don't have a relationship with Christ. How does this impact our relationship and how we view and how we treat those people? So that's what I want to talk about tonight. And, and that kind of question that I want to pose to you guys as we dive in tonight. So look at what Paul says in verse 7. He says, by God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. All right, so in that one verse, Paul simply says that he, and all of us for that matter, we now have the privilege of sharing this good news. All right, you and I now have, if we are insiders, if we have trusted Christ, if we have given our hearts and our lives to him, if we claim that we are followers of Christ, then we have now been given this privilege of spreading the good news. So it's the privilege of spreading the good news to other believers that we are now unified by Christ, that there are, there's no longer division, there's nothing that separates us. We have been brought into the, the family of Christ and we have equal access to God. And we are all in the same footing, we all stand side by side, that we have each other's backs, that we support each other, we fight for each other, that nothing comes between you and me as brothers and sisters in Christ. So we have the privilege of spreading that good news with other believers. But we also have the privilege of spreading this good news with those who are far from God. With those who are outside the family of God to say there is good news that God can bring you into the family of God as well. That you can have access to God, just like I have access to God. That you can share in the blessings that God offers, just like I share in the blessings that God has offered me. So we get the privilege of sharing, not only with other brothers and sisters, about their, that we are now unified, but we get the privilege of sharing the good news with outsiders, that God can bring them into the family of God. Now, I love how Paul uses that word privilege. I think when we, when we think about sharing our faith, it's more like reluctance, or we do it because we feel obligated. I mean, how many of us, if we were honest tonight, view sharing the good news of Christ as a privilege? 
Do you walk down the halls of your school on a Monday morning thinking about you've got the privilege today to share the good news of Christ? I mean, I think for probably a lot of you guys, you're thinking about, I just want to survive today. I just want to pass the test that I've got in fourth period, or I just want to be able to not get thrown into a trash can by a senior, or, you know, whatever. I'm sure that doesn't happen to any of you guys. But maybe that's probably what a lot of us think. Or if we even think about sharing our faith, do we actually think about it as a privilege? Or is it kind of one of those things that we grit our teeth and we go, I don't really want to do this, I don't really want to do this, I don't really want to do this, but we do it because we feel like we're obligated to. And Paul in in this verse is saying, we have been given the privilege of sharing the good news of what Christ has done. If you and I claim to love Jesus, if we claim to be followers of him, we've got to count it as a privilege to go into our schools, into our families, everywhere we go and say, God can do the same thing in your life. And we look at every opportunity, try to take advantage of every situation that we possibly have to where we can share the privilege of this good news. But do we actually view it that way? Now, there are right ways and there are wrong ways to do this, all right? And I immediately think of all of the times that I was an idiot and shared it the wrong way, all right? Maybe you and probably most of us have had that experience, either personally or we've witnessed it, we've seen it happen, where some idiot decided to share their faith with somebody in the complete wrong way, all right? Maybe you were even that idiot, like I have been many times, all right? We have, we've, we, there's a right way to do this and there's a wrong way to do this. And when we think about sharing our faith, when we think about reaching those who are far from God, um, I think, at least maybe this is how my brain works, I think a lot more about the wrong way to do it first. All right? Now, maybe, I want you guys to check out this video clip. Maybe some of you have seen this before. Maybe when you think about sharing your faith, maybe this is either something you have done, and I pray to God that it's not, or you think, this is what comes to mind when you think about sharing this. Go ahead and check this out. Sorry. Uh, you got to say? Yeah. Listen, I'm concerned about Mary. Something's going on. Yeah, me too. Well, she's part of your posse. And I think that you can help her. I'm going to need you to be a warrior out there on the front lines for Jesus. You mean like shoot her? What? <laughs> No, 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 I was, I was uh, thinking of something a little less gangster. I need someone who's spiritually armed to help guide her back to her faith. The love and care that only Jesus can supply. You down with that? Yeah, I'm down with that. She's pretty vulnerable right now, so I'm going to need you to be extra gentle. I'm going, I'm into the flames of hell. You've become a magnet for sin. We've all witnessed it. Sure. Veronica acting all pure. What about last spring break at the Promise Makers Rally, huh? Oh, my God. You are making accusations. As we're trying to save your soul. Mary, turn away from Satan. Jesus, he loves you. You don't know 
first thing about love. I am filled with Christ's love. God, you are just jealous of my success in the Lord. This is not a weapon, you idiot. All right. Now, hopefully, hopefully none of you guys have witnessed that or been that person that's chucked a Bible at somebody and said, I'm filled with Christ's love. <laughs> My favorite part of that is that the chick is like, Christ died for your sins, you know, and she's like so angry. I'm like, what the heck? Now, I, I look at that clip and I think, all right, obviously we look at that and we laugh and, and all of that, but... And that, we know that that's the wrong way to do it. There are, there are many times, and more than I would care to admit, where I have messed this up. All right, In an effort of me trying to share the good news of Christ um, and try to reach somebody that's an outsider, um, a lot of times I have actually inadvertently said something that rather than drawing them into a relationship with Christ or closer to Jesus has actually driven them further away. And... Uh, and like I said, there's, there's more situations than I care to admit, but there was one such situation I remember. I had, in middle school and high school, I had this friend, this Muslim friend. His name was Harun, and I'm not making that up. That was his name. Harun Ahmad was his name, and um, he was the only uh, Muslim friend that I knew or Muslim person that I even knew. And, uh, and so I, we grew up together, middle school and high school, and I remember one situation where, you know, I was just burdened for this guy, and, and so I'm sitting, we're sitting in some class, it was like biology or something, I wasn't paying attention, uh, like most of you don't in biology. And so I'm sitting there, and he's right in front of me, he's in the desk right in front of me. And so I write this hate-filled note to my, my Muslim friend, Haroon, to tell them that he's going to burn forever in hell if he doesn't turn from, from his, from, um, you know, his Muslim God, if he doesn't turn from Allah and turn to Jesus, because Jesus is the only one that can save him from his sins. And so he's got to, you've got to turn from him. And so, you know, I'm like, write this thing out. And then I'm like, love Todd, <laughs> you know. And then I fold it in half and I'm tapping on the shoulder and right in the middle of class and I give it to him. And I'm like, hey, buddy, read that, man. And so I just sit back and I'm like, man, this is going to be awesome. You know, I'm going to lead him to Jesus right here in the middle of class. And I see him just kind of open the thing and he starts you know, kind of almost semi-laughing, then he just gets kind of angry, and then I just see him just go, and just rip the thing up and throw it on the ground, and turns to me and just, you know, shakes his head like, who in the world do you think that you are? And there are situations like, like that that I think of when I was a middle school or high school student, that I had all the intent, good intentions in the world, that I wanted to be able to reach this, this person. I wanted them to know how much God loved them. I, I, I didn't want them to be an outsider any longer. And yet the way that we do it is, so, is obviously so important. That there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Now, let me, let me just say, and we, we kind of laugh about those situations and it's sad. But I want to say something. If, if there is a non-believer in this room, all right? If you have ever felt rejected or unwelcomed by a follower of Jesus, I want to personally apologize to you. I want to personally apologize to you if you have ever felt rejected, if you have ever felt unwelcomed. And hopefully it has not happened, but especially if it has happened in this room. Where there is one of us that has said something to you or done something to you that have made you feel unwelcomed or rejected. And I want you to know tonight that that has no 
reflection on how God loves you or how God feels about you. And I think it's important for us to, to just, to be able to say that we mess this thing up a lot of times. That we may have good intentions, but a lot of times, man, we screw this up and we do the wrong thing. And rather than pulling people into the family of God, we actually drive them further away by the way that we do it. Now, as insiders, for those of us in the room that claim to be followers of Jesus, God has called all of us to reach outsiders. That isn't something that we get to skip out on. That's not something we go, ah, I'll let somebody else do that. If we claim to love Jesus, we have been given the calling of reaching those that are far from Christ. All right, we talk about Ephesians 4.1 and living a life worthy of the calling we've received, and that's part of it. Part of living the life worthy of the calling we've received is embracing that calling of reaching those who are far from Christ, of having a heart for those that are far from Jesus, those, those that are rejected, those who are not a part of the family of God. See, we can't treat this as kind of this exclusive club that's only for, for those of us that claim to love Jesus. All right, we cannot allow this room to be that kind of a room. We can't allow our small groups to be that way where we are so exclusive and all we think about is each other and those of us that love Jesus and when we start thinking about those that are far from God or, or we think about them coming in this room or we see them in this room or they show up at our small group and all of a sudden we go, man, what are you doing here? It just makes me feel weird. You, you, shouldn't, you don't belong here because we feel so exclusive like this is our thing and you're not welcomed here. And just like we talked about how sometimes we do that, like we talked last week, about how we treat brothers and sisters in Christ that way. Like, you're not welcome here, this is my thing, or I don't appreciate you, or I don't welcome you. We do the same thing for those who are far from Christ. And rather than being a room that goes, man, no matter who walks through that door, they are welcomed here, they are loved here. We sort of put up our walls and we go, ah, you don't have a relationship with Jesus or man, I've seen, you party too hard or you know, I see the way that you live at school or I know what you do or I know what your life is like or you don't really love Jesus. And so we draw kind of boundaries around and we become this exclusive thing that's only for insiders. See, we can't be so focused on insiders that we're no good to anyone who's an outsider. See, every single week when those doors open, man, there should be high school students that walk in this room who are far from Christ, who are here because you have invited them, who are here because you have had a heart for them and you've, you've thought as you walk through the halls of your school going, man, I wonder who needs to be at Reckless tonight. Man, who is it that is an outsider right now that God can completely transform their life? Who is it that I can bring into this room and watch as God transforms them? Man, the moment that this room becomes this exclusive club where only those who are followers of Jesus are welcome here, then we just need to stop meeting. That's not why we do Reckless every single week. A major part of why we do it is so that there can be high school students on your campus that you bring who are far from God, who don't have a relationship with Jesus, who maybe have no clue about God's love for them. And they walk into this room and God grabs a hold of their heart and he begins to transform their life. That as insiders into the family of God, we have to have that mindset. 
everywhere we go, who is an outsider? And what can I do to take the privilege, have, embrace this privilege of sharing the good news and take it to those that desperately need to hear it? One of the major things that God has called us to is to help outsiders become insiders, just like he's done for us. And I don't know why we get so weird about that, where we once were outsiders, and then God brings us into the family, and then all of a sudden we sort of become this exclusive thing, and we don't think about those people that need God to do what he's done for us. But man, one of those major things that God has called us to is to always be thinking, man, who is that outsider? that God can bring into the family of God just like he's done in me. You guys have this in your notes and I want you to write this down. We are called to help the hopeless, the rejected, and the captive understand that because of the cross, there is hope, acceptance, and freedom in Christ. All right, let me say that again. We are called to help the hopeless, the rejected and the captive understand that because of the cross, there is hope, acceptance, and freedom in Christ. That they can be made insiders just like us. That all of the benefits that we receive as outsiders or as insiders into the family of God are available to them as well through the cross. Now, for some of us, I think that fires us up. For some of us, we think about this and we go, man, it, I count it as a privilege. Man, sign me up for that. Man, I'm always thinking about those people in my school or in my family or everywhere I go, those that are far from God. I'm always thinking about how I can be a light in a dark world. All right, there are some of us that that fires us up. But I think there's a lot more of us that that, that really freaks us out. We think about sharing our faith and we like break out in hives because we don't, we, a, we don't know what to say. We don't know how to say it. We're afraid that we're going to screw it up. And like I just talked about, we sometimes drive them further away from God, and we definitely don't want to do that. And so rather than learning how to do it or whatever, we just kind of get paralyzed by it. And we go, I'm just not going to do it at all because I don't want to mess this up. And we get freaked out. But I think another reason why we don't do it sometimes is because we make judgments about those who are far from God. Now I want you to think very, I want you to think personally right now about you and whether or not you do this. I think sometimes we determine in our mind who is worthy to receive God's love and who isn't. I mean, think about that. Have you ever been guilty of determining in your mind who is worthy to receive God's love and who isn't? Have you written off certain people on your high school campus because you think that they don't deserve God's love? Man, I know how they are, or I know how they treat people, or I know the things that they've done. And so either we, because we don't think that they're worthy of it, or we don't think that they deserve it, or because maybe sometimes we think, well, they'll, they'll never accept Christ. Man, they're too far, they've done too much. Man, they'll never trust Christ as their savior. And so we, for whatever reason, we write them off and we go, you know what, I'm just not gonna share my faith with them. See, I think sometimes the reason why we don't share our faith is because we make judgments about people and determine in our own mind whether or not they're worthy to receive it or not. 
Now, if we've ever felt that way, if that's ever been our mindset, I want to look at what what Paul says in verse 8. Because I think this is going to help us if we've ever had that mindset. Listen to what he says in verse 8. He says, Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, what we have to be able to have is the right perspective, the proper perspective, like what Paul had. Paul says in verse 8, he says, I am the least deserving of all of God's people. See, I think you and I have to have that, that perspective that we are the least deserving of all God's people. We have to have that mindset of kind of the worst of sinners. Man, I'm the chief of sinners. I am a complete screw up. Man, I have fallen short. I am undeserving of God's love. See, when we have the perspective that we are undeserving of God's love and grace, not only are we blown away that God would bring us into his family and make us insiders, but it also impacts how we view other outsiders. We no longer make accusations or judgments about who is or isn't, um, isn't worthy of God's love and God's grace. Or whether or not they're, they're worthy to receive the blessings that God offers. Or whether, man, do they even, are they even worthy to receive what God is offering them or what God has given me? See, we no longer do those things. We no longer make those accusations or have that mindset towards people because we view ourselves the right way of going, man, God, I'm a complete screw-up. Man, God, I have fallen short. God, I, I, I am unworthy of your love and your grace. And when we take on that mindset of going, God, if you could save me, you could save anybody, then all of a sudden we, we view other people around us differently. We no longer view people who are outsiders as too far gone. Or we never, no longer kind of draw up these boundaries around ourselves and other insiders in the faith. We're always looking at, at other people that God could do and that, that he's done the same in us. We look at the world around us and we look and we go, man, God, that person is far from Christ. That person is so far away from you. That person is an outsider. But man, God, if you have changed me, God, I am, I am completely undeserving of your grace. So God, if you could grab a hold of my heart, God, you could grab a hold of anybody's heart. And we no longer write people off, but we begin to live in faith of going, God, I'm gonna do whatever I can for that person. God, give me the wisdom. Help me to know what to do in that, in that person's life to help them understand that they are not too far gone. They are not too far outside the reach of your love. God, if you can save me, God, you can save anybody. And that's what Paul says. He goes, look, I'm the least deserving of all of God's people, and yet for whatever reason, God has given me the privilege of sharing this good news. And when we view other people, or when we view ourselves that way, then all of a sudden, we look at it as a privilege of going onto our school campus and sharing the good news of Christ. We look at it as a privilege of 
going into our family and reaching our parents who are far from God. We look at it as a privilege every time we drive into our work and we think about all the crap that goes on and all of the, the, the people that, that we work with who are, who are far from Christ. We count it as a, a privilege to go to countries like Nicaragua to take the good news of Christ to people that desperately need to hear it. See, all of a sudden, it changes our mindset in the different places that we go. We no longer do it reluctantly. We no longer share our faith out of obligation. We look at it as a privilege because we know that God can do the same incredible things in other people's life that he's done in our own life. And so we go, God, whatever it takes, man, I'll do it. God, I want to do it. And we count it a privilege to share the good news of Christ. I was, uh, this afternoon I was talking with uh, a student um, who goes to a school here in the area and um, who play, plays baseball and we were just talking about different things and kind of his mindset on his, on his high school campus or whatever. And I was just challenging him and I would challenge all of you guys the same way that for him, and it's no longer about you on your baseball team thinking about the glory that you can receive for yourself while you're doing what you're doing. But man, every time you're around this, every practice that you go to, every game that you play, every road trip that you take with your teammates, you are looking at that as an opportunity to reach those people who, on, your, on your team who are far from God and need to hear the hope of the gospel. See, when we sign up to be a follower of Christ, it's no longer about what's in it for me. We've got to take on that calling and that mindset and that attitude of everywhere we go, every situation that we're in, God, how can I help reach those people who are outsiders? And you guys think about the people that you're in the band with or that you sit next to in chemistry class or that you're on the sports team with or you're on the cheerleading team with or whatever it is that you do. And rather than thinking about all of the junk that they do on a Friday night at a party or you, you think about how far they are or you don't really want to associate with them because of, of the lifestyle that they live. Why don't, what if you, rather than that, what if you took on that mindset of going, God, how do you want to use me to impact those people? God, maybe the reason you have placed me on this cheerleading team or on this baseball team or in the band, maybe the very reason why I'm here is so that I can have a heart to reach those people who are far from you. God, maybe you have, you have given me that calling. Maybe you've placed me in this situation to reach those people and help them to know that, that God can change their life. But as long as we become exclusive and only think about ourselves and only think about insiders, then we will never watch God use us to impact those who are still far from God. And that's what God's called us to do. Now, there's something very important we've, we also have to understand, and this is maybe a little bit of a tension. Even though we are called to reach outsiders, we have to understand that the world itself considers us outsiders. All right? Because of our allegiance to Christ, though we're insiders to Christ, we are now considered outsiders to the world. All right? We are now considered enemies. Because we are enemies of sin and our allegiance is to Christ, we now, we now stand on the opposite end in terms of, of the, the team that the world stands on, all right? We are now against the world. The world now looks at us as their enemies because of our allegiance to Christ. In fact, Jesus even says that that's gonna happen. 
Listen to what he says in John 15. He says, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of this world, and so it hates you. So we've also got to understand that even though we're called to reach those who are outsiders, we are considered outsiders to the world because of our allegiance to Christ. And obviously it's, it's, it's not always easy to love people when they return with hatred. But we have to understand that being united with Christ will cost us when it comes to our place in this world. All right? We will experience that. We will experience animosity and persecution and suffering and rejection and hatred because of who we are in Christ and now how we stand apart from the world. So what do we do because of that? As we close tonight, here's the first thing. We have to make sure that our allegiance is to Christ and not to the world. Now I want you guys to think about that for just a minute. Where does your allegiance lie? We have to make sure that our allegiance is to Christ and not to the world. We have been set free from sin, all right? We have been brought out of that. We have been brought into the family of God. We are now insiders into the family of God. We share in the blessings of Christ. But we, cannot, we can no longer serve God and still look to please the world. All right? It's impossible for us to have kind of one foot in to our relationship with Christ and yet still try to do the things that the world wants us to do. All right, and I think that's why some of us really struggle in our faith is because we try to kind of toe that line. And we try to have in, you know, one foot in the church world and then one foot in you know, with what our friends are doing and trying to be popular and trying to do what everybody else is doing. And we can't do that. We've got to look at our relationship with Christ and, 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 and take a step back and go, where does my allegiance lie? We have to make sure that we live as God desires for us to live. The second thing is while we're enemies of sin, we have to continue to love people and help them experience freedom from sin. We must continue to represent Christ to the world, offer hope to the hopeless, and have the faith that God can and will bring outsiders into his family. Here's the bottom line for us, main point. Becoming an insider means that we're given the privilege of helping others become the same. Becoming an insider means we're given the privilege of helping others become the same. Man, you guys, just like last week, this changes everything. When we love brothers and sisters in Christ, man, that has a radical different, difference on this, in this room. All right, that has a radical difference in our small group. All right, that makes a major difference. But man, when we embrace and, and love brothers and sisters in Christ with, with complete unity and no division, but we also learn how to love those who are far from Christ, man, that, we will watch God do some unbelievable things in our life. It's one thing to love other brothers and sisters and be completely unified, but man, when we also love those who are far from God and we're always thinking about, man, how can I reach those people who desperately need to hear God's love for them? That we no longer walk through the halls of our school you know, looking down our self-righteous nose at other people and thinking about how much better we are than those people who are far from God. 
we walk through the halls of our school going, God, who do you want to use me to impact today? God, what do, you want me, what do you want to say through me? What do you want to do through me to impact those people who desperately need to hear about your love for them? Man, when we get that right, guys, that will change everything. We will watch God radically change the halls of our school, our school campuses, our families. Man, I know some of you guys, you guys, you guys drive home every single Wednesday night and your mom and your dad are far from God. Or your brother and your sister don't have a relationship with Christ. And I know how difficult it is for you to try to live your faith on your school campus when it's so difficult, when there's so few people that, that want to live that way. Or to try to live it in the walls of your house when your mom or your dad don't support the way that you live. Or don't believe what you believe. And rather than looking to other people to do, uh, to reach those people... Rather than thinking, well, if I don't do it, somebody else on my school campus will do it. We embrace that calling and go, man, God, you have chosen to use me. You have given me the privilege of spreading this good news. And we embrace that and we grab a hold of it. And we, every single day we go, God, what do you want to do through me to impact those who are outsiders, to help bring them into the family of God? Let's pray. God, I thank you that, God, we were once far from you. God, we were once considered outsiders like we talked about that first week. God, we were, we felt everything that, that a, an outsider feels, rejection, hatred, animosity. God, we felt all of those things. And God, what an unbelievable thing that you loved us too much to leave us that way. But God, you rescued us, you reached out and you picked us up and you brought us into the family of God. And how that impacts the way that we view brothers and sisters in Christ, that we are now unified by our faith. But God, if we get this next thing right, if we embrace this calling and look at it as a privilege of spreading the good news, and everywhere we go, having that mindset of going, who can I reach? Who can I reach out to? Who can I love on? With the expectation, God, that you can do in them what you've done in me. God, I pray that you would give all of us a heart for those who are far from you. God, I pray that this room and our small groups would never become this exclusive thing that we, we, we don't... Uh, become welcoming or inviting to those who are far from you. But God, I pray that we would be a student ministry, a high school ministry, and individuals that have a heart for those who are broken, who are hurting, who are captive, and believe that you can set them free. God, I pray that we would do whatever it takes to take advantage of those opportunities and to watch as you use us to do in other people what you've done in us. So God, we love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.